Welcome back to the Morning Dinner Podcast, episode 83. And before we get started with this episode, don't forget to subscribe and then like and then comment. Today, we got Tyler Stefanelli in the house. He is a Las Vegas based uh, production assistant and camera operator and filmmaker. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff. What do you uh, hope to learn from this episode, man? Uh, I don't know. Since I met him, like I learned a lot from the kid. Like mm. He's really dope. I want to tell you what I want to learn. Level. I want to learn about rig building. Cause I know he he's got his cold cage so built out around his uh, his GH five. It's so. so balanced. I've yeah. never seen like a, a mirrorless or a DSLR in that sense like balanced so well. I'm trying to build mine out. So we'll, we'll, yeah, you guys see it if you're watching the video. You can see the red camera behind us now. Ooh, that's my A6500 on the rig. But yeah, without further uh, further, <laughs> but without further ado, episode 83 of the Morning Dinner Podcast. Every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen. Damn refrigerator. I sure am hungry. So that's where I get at. I'm like, oh, okay. I have like these little like qu- quick like fallen loves, but then yeah. I'm like, okay. Now think about the bickering she's gonna do. Oh yeah. yeah. Think about the fights you're gonna get into. Think about the times you have to take her out and you have to it, spend it just, time with it her. It just takes too much time and effort to be in a relationship right now. Right bro. now. Yeah. Right now. Like if you if you were cool, like you had you know 30, 40, 50 grand in the bank, you were chilling, yeah. right? You love your job. You look forward to the weekends and Sunday night football and you know man cave Fridays. <laughs> yeah, you know, you like okay, that that's shit. cool. You now you got time out of your schedule to dedicate to another person's life because that's another person's life you're dealing yeah. with. It is. I mean, unless you're both on the same page. Where you could be like, yo, I'm gonna go do my thing, and yeah. I'll see you on Sundays or I'll see you on Fridays. See you, you know what yeah, I mean? Right, bro. But that ain't never gonna happen, bro. Because it's against human nature. Even with like girls who are like doing shit, and I, I, I'm just saying this from there probably is a girl out there, but it's like one out of a billion. But um, even like the ones that are doing shit, they still get lonely as fuck. Yeah. So you know they're still they still need it, bro. Yeah. It's just, yeah, like you said, it's human nature. Uh, I it's, it's good. It's good when when a man can look at himself and be like, yep. I'm in. I'm in no rela- I'm in no pay- uh, place to be in a relationship right now. Yeah, and no. look at it like in a, a, in a good light, like kind of like I don't need this right now. Like I, I get thirsty for it. You know, I see yeah. a cute girl on Instagram. I'm gonna double tap all day. But it's like you also know yourself. Like where's it gonna go? You yeah. know what I mean? And you, and then that way you don't get depressed about like, oh, well, there's a nice opportunity. Ah, oh, I'm gonna let that go. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I just I feel like I've got so much more work to do with myself. You same know, here, right bro. now, like there, there's so much learning to be had with myself. There's so much learning. And just work to be done internally, you know, yeah. and like to feel good about myself to be in that. Are we turn them up on the microphone? Am I not talking? Well, no, you think you're just okay. low because I feel like I'm louder than you. Yeah, you probably are. There you go. There we go. It's there you go. Oh, hello, guys. Are <laughs> they hello? Are we starting? No, now oh. we're starting. Now we're starting. But you're smart, Tyler. You don't want to keep yeah. any of that. We can. I want to start it. I want to start it with that. I think that's pretty real. That was a pretty sincere moment. Okay. Well, let's just start it again, just in case we decide to edit that out. <laughs> For sure. What's good, Tyler? Welcome to the Morning Dinner Podcast. <laughs> What's good, Tyler? <laughs> hey, so for people who are tuning in and don't know, man, who, who are you? What's this person popping up on the screen right now with the glasses and the headphones? <laughs> well, what is real to film? Uh, I am Tyler Stefanelli. Uh, fuck, I fucked that up. Do I look into this lens? <laughs> no, yeah. you, you can do. No, no, no. You don't. That's for later. Right. You do that later. You know, right now, you can time. just look at yeah, me. Just talk. You can look at Chuck. We're having a conversation between three fellows. Yeah, like who right. are you? What do you do? All right, do it one more time. Yeah. <laughs> Want me to start from the beginning? Yeah, it was Dude, only this 10 all, seconds. This is, this is all this gonna, like tiger belly shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is all gonna stay in the podcast. I'm just letting oh, you know right God, now. All right. What's up, Tyler? <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. 
brother. For people who are tuning in and don't know, who are you and what do you do out here in Vegas? Uh, I am a local assistant camera and camera operator and the owner of Real the Film Media, which uh-huh. is kind of just a name on Instagram right now. But uh, it's kind of who I roll as. It's not like an LLC yet. It's like no, a, it, a work in progress. No, it is an it, LLC. Oh, it is an LLC. It's already trademarked. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. No, but it'll be uh, it'll be legitimate soon. You know, I've got plans to actually, you know, get the website done, get all that shit done. But this whole year's been production based for mm-hmm. me, which has been it's been great. You know, like, I've been seeing you do a lot of work behind the scenes, bro. Like this year, like not even just like camera operating, but also I I think I saw you earlier this year. You did some behind the scenes photos for Jacob Owens and all that yep. stuff. Yeah, that was cool. How did you get into those opportunities, man? Because that's 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 actually really dope. Just just to see you going from place to place, always on a new set, doing something different. It's really, honestly, man, it's just, it's, it's all about word of mouth, you know, like, uh, I, like I said, since real, the film isn't really like a huge entity yet <clears throat> and mm-hmm. I'm just kind of me. Yeah. Um, it's, you show up and you do a really good job and you do it with a smile on your face and people are going to want to have you back on set. Like, and it's supposed to be like word of mouth kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. That's um, what it is. And if you do a good job and people know that they can rely on you and trust you, you know, that's like, that's the main thing. Mm. Well, where did the name real, the film come from? Is that like, I'm being real. Uh, no, You're actually, like a double entendre. So funny enough, uh, one of my really good buddies, Adam Gallardo, a long time ago, he he was like, "Dude, you got to make a Tumblr," and I was like, "All right, for sure. What what are we gonna call it?" And so it actually, my Tumblr started as Load the Film, right? And oh, so and that was taken. And no, no, no. It, it it just it was Load the Film for a while, but then I was like, you know, like I like I always love the sound of film going through, you know, mm-hmm. like the whole, you know, it reeling through the camera. Yeah. So. And then you, you know you you can play you can Chill play out, puns drum and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, you do it better. <laughs> this was <laughs> you got a little Mexican in you. Huh? <laughs> 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 All right, sorry. No, but, uh, yeah, I don't th- I don't remember when it changed. I think it might have changed like somewhere around like maybe my freshman year of high school, and then it just always kind of stuck as that, and everybody just kind of knew me as that. So yeah, and your last name is Stefanelli. Stefanelli is that is that Italian? Yes, indeed. Oh, Italiano. <clears throat> all right so we gotta talk about, we're gonna talk about a lot of things in this episode man all right i've known you for a while now you've just recently met chuck on a recent shoot that you guys did yes indeed. what was your first impression of chuck when you first met him dude chuck is like that dude that you meet that like you didn't know that you needed as a friend like yeah. years ago you know yeah. like you're like oh dude we had so we, we could have had so many chances to hang out but he's, yeah. he's, like, he's like the guy equivalent of like the girl who holds your hair when you're throwing up on the toilet <laughs> 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 no dude it's, and it's funny and it kind of sucks because like it kind of sucks because we've had we've known about each other for yeah. what like three and a Since half years we bought years, those lenses <laughs> off you bro yeah. oh that's yo let's talk about that story real quick yeah yeah because yeah. for people who don't know chuck and i used to have a studio downtown in uh downtown vegas and we were looking to add some cinema cinema lenses for our fs5 yeah. that we just recently financed <laughs> and uh and we were i think we were on craigslist or off rub or something like that and we came across you that you were selling uh th- was it three or two two or three i know I, I think it was a whole set i think about like three yeah it was like three 85, or four. it was an 85 millimeter 24. t1.5 24 that's all we got from you or 24 you, and 85 did he you have another a 35 one. i think i sold you the whole set no right it was three mm-hmm. i wonder bro if we did we lost <laughs> we definitely we lost, lost the lens <laughs> if we did sell <laughs> i don't know maybe it was two but yeah i bought those like <clears throat> i bought those and i didn't even know what a crop factor was so oh like, my I, god i bought my gh5 and, and yeah, you were like what is this what why is it black around the edges yeah well i mean i <clears throat> this was when i was so novice and i was gonna get a c100 and i just was like oh i've saved yeah. a bunch of money i'm gonna buy gear and then uh you know I got the GH5 and really, really loved it and then never bought a speed booster and then just had those lenses sitting there because they were EF mount. And then, yeah, I like sold those to you guys. And then, no. you know, flash forward a couple of years later. It's crazy that we, yeah, you sold it to us in 2015 
and then we didn't really start no. like hanging out till like 20 18 19 yeah. you know what i mean so yeah i remember i think i like started seeing your photography work on yeah. you know on instagram or something or through you know obviously, we also like, know a lot friends. of the same people because yeah. vegas yeah. is very small Super when it comes small. to a community i'm pretty sure we know we follow the same oh, 30 50 people that are in the same you know kind of group well we know we know who's good in town yeah <laughs> let's talk about how good rob rob chato is <laughs> dude those are, like dude, him, he's the beast dude him jeremy lee galvin jeremy lee like there's there are so many talented people in las vegas that mm. like I a lot at, of people that we had on the podcast too man brandon like we had a couple weeks ago i we this episode 83 I want to say, and I can't Ooh. remember. I can't remember, ex- bro. We've had so many people on here. Eighty-four, try to reca- maybe. Try to recall them on. Dude, I, I know. know. I remember when you guys started Morning Dinner. And Eighty-three. Just Eighty-three. Yeah. Sweet. Eighty-three episodes later. Yeah. Like, it's great, man. You guys, I love that you guys. I, I think, eighty-three episodes. So hold on. We've had eighty-three <laughs> episodes, but I can. I remember we had have had. I think only eighty guests. Because Rosemary came on twice, and then we had one, and of then ours. we had one of ours that just it was just me and him talking. So actually, we had like eighty, eighty-one, right? They all count as episodes, bro. Chill. <sighs> so crazy, man. Okay, so I want to talk about one thing because one thing that I noticed about about you and that I've seen on your Instagram and just from talking to you is you're very big on building a camera rig. Yes, indeed. And then, matter of fact, you kind of inspired me to start doing my own. Yep. Uh, with my A sixty five hundred, putting the monitor on top, do a little cage. Why did you decide to 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 build out a cage, or what 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 made you start wanting to decide to do that? So I think it started a couple of years ago. Obviously, when you know I was getting bigger assistant camera jobs, and I was working with different types of rigs. You know, mm-hmm. like I've I've been very blessed to be around you know almost every camera that's out right now and um, see how it's professionally done. You know, so I just kind of took a lot of those tools and fundamentals and things that I've learned. And kind of applied it to DSLR or you know mirrorless filmmaking with small rigs. Um, and so speaking of small rigs, small rig is one of you know my favorite company for parts. Shout mm-hmm. out to small rig. Shout out to small rig. You know they not only do they make you know very well thought out products, but at the same time their customer service is awesome. Their customer service is pricing great. is amazing too. But they also have this thing icing? called pricing. You oh. fuck. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you can tell I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you said icing. <laughs> all right anyways but <laughs> so yeah small rig they've got the dreamers program which is something that i just kind of found out uh, about recently it's called the dream rig program and you can make 3d cad file your own designs and send them in and you know through the facebook group and uh through them kind of helping you out you can build your own custom parts which is what i have plans to do for this black magic rig mm-hmm. um it's great i've only obviously i've only had it today i, I find i've you know just built this rig today but there's a couple of things about it that I want to change that I want to add, you know, that I think can be done a little bit better. So, you know, I'll submit my designs and if they like them, you know, then I'll get them built. But um, well, here's my question about that. When when you submit a design to small rig do and they decided to print it or, or to make it, do they mass produce it? Or do, do you get a cut? Do you get a cut from that? How does that work? I'm pretty sure. So I'm still really new to learning about this. Um, mm-hmm. But <clears throat> from what I know, uh, I'm pretty sure that if you build it, and you give it to them, and it's it reaches a certain amount of votes. Yeah, that they will mass produce it, and you will get a cut from it. I was stuck if they're like, so "Oh, tight. you use our proprietary software to build this." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, small rig, small rig is great, and it's pretty much entirely what my rig's built out of. Dude, the, the, um, the, there's a small screw. I don't know if yours has it, but my my A6500 cage has it. Because when you put the A6500 into the small rig cage, 
it's still loose. So yep. you, so there's like a little like screw that screws your camera like grip to the actual cage so it doesn't wiggle around. Oh, wow. I lost that screw like a long time because I've had, I've had the cage for a while now and I lost that screw. I, I couldn't find it and like I don't know where to find the exact size for it because I don't know what size it is. Yeah. So I reached out to Small Rig and, and, and pretty much I'm just paying shipping and they're going to ship me a whole uh, thing or they said buy something from the website and they'll ship it with it. Nice. Yeah, there's so uh, they're <clears throat> their lens mount right now they've actually changed they've actually changed it i think so whoever designed it or they just changed their design i actually like their design their previous design better so i'm gonna ask them if they can still make me one of those and mm. ship that to me um but yeah small rig small rig is the shit man if you guys could see his camera i'll oh, do show show, show yeah, the camera real put quick. it near your face yeah that's where it's in that focus oh uh, is it is it in, okay down a little bit put it bring it down a little bit Ooh. right there Ooh, yeah. is that a red Red? Yeah, real quick. Do you do you people do you people do people ever like hit you up and go like, <laughs> oh man, what, what camera is that? Like, is that because they think like they see something like that, uh, and they think it's like a red or they think it's like an Alexa red. all the time. They don't know what a red or Alexa is, but they ask like, is that a red? Is that an Alexa? Like, yeah. So the the funniest time that I've ever had somebody come up to me and actually say something about a rig is we were filming for. Uh, a conference down at the Venetian, and we had <clears throat> at the time was the brand new Red Gemini on a Ronin. Yeah, and we were flying that around, and this guy came up to me, and he was like, "He's like, yo, man, what what kind of camera is that? Is it a is it a T three I?" And wow. I like I looked at him, I was like, "This guy's like clearly joking with me," and I was like, "I was like, yeah, man, yeah." And he's like, "Oh, dude, that's tight. I'm thinking about getting one myself." And he was like, <laughs> dead serious, yeah. like thought that it was a Canon camera. And I'm like, I don't know what about that, you know? Even that it says red right on the side of it. It oh, just oh, that's so trippy. Yeah, that's, that's weird. Uh, but that, yeah, people, and then yeah, people come up to other guys with regular ass rigs, and they're like, "Is that a red camera?" And you're like, no, "Yeah." You know? Dude, I I so I built my my rig out after seeing yours. Kind of put like a, the, the little rods on it. Yep. Put the ba- the battery in the back, you know. And I sh- and I t- and I showed my, my my best friend. She goes, "You bought a new camera?" She's like, it, "That looks expensive." I'm like, "It's the same camera I've had. I just put it on like a shoulder kind of like rail system and the yeah. battery." Uh, real quick, can you show me what's going on over here, man. Dude, what, what do you have going on? Absolutely. So there's uh, there's like there's a couple fundamentals to rig building. Right? Okay. Um, at least you know you want uh you want a good lens support if you guys are rocking heavy lenses, you know, or a metabone support, you know, mm-hmm. so you're not you you're not damaging your mount in any way. Um, Does that also help with like the stabilization of the footage or anything? Or no? No, not really. Um, <clears throat> the more weight that you add to your camera, the heavier the camera is, the more stabilized it's going to be. That's why. Um, when you fly cameras on gimbals, you want to operate towards the heavier end of the load because the motors will usually perform better. Oh, really? Um, so if you put like a HTC 500 with a pancake lens on a on Ronin a M, then yeah. you're going to... Really? I didn't yeah. know that. It'll you're start to freak what? out. It's not going to do as good as if it was a heavier load. Yeah. Oh, It'll start to freak that, out. Like a real, yeah. a real gimbal. Like when oh, I, when I first true. started, I bought the original Ronin for three thousand dollars, which is absolutely ridiculous now. You, you can, crazy! It's fucking stupid. It's like four hundred bucks. Yeah, <laughs> the way that not only drone technology, the <laughs> Nowadays, way that not only but... drone technology and lighting technology has evolved, like the way that just the whole industry's evolved in the last four years and how inexpensive things have become, is wild to me. But um, and when when I saw uh, <clears throat> Aperture was the first company that was like, we're gonna take this three thousand two thousand dollar light and give it to you for. You know, eight hundred, a thousand, or seven hundred, right? Yeah. And then you see companies like uh, Godox. We're gonna take it a step further. <laughs> if you can deal with a little bit of noise, we're gonna give you that same price a for hundred and fifty bucks. A little bit of tent. A hundred and fifty bucks. You. That Godox SL sixty watt. 
I got them. Have Have you messed with those? I haven't yet, but honestly, well, I mean, aside from the wedding that we just shot, like yeah. I haven't really messed with them. But uh, no, they seem really solid. And when I was looking up alternatives to aperture lights, those mm-hmm. were you know coming up in a lot of YouTube videos. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I like. I always try to buy. I try to buy new, and I try to buy quality because yeah. you know then you buy one, so you don't have to worry about it. But I mean, it just depends on what you're doing. If you're doing a lot of studio shoots where your you know your gear's not getting a lot of wear and tear, and you don't have to worry about like rigid. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Rigidity. Yeah. Rigidity. Yeah, there we go. You're not looking for that out of your you know. I buy cheap lights. and buy often. That's my model. I know <laughs> that because that way that I don't know if I'm doing video next year. <laughs> I buy cheap because I don't know where this is going. I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm testing the waters right now. <laughs> but, but um, sorry, you you were you were talking about your rig. My bad. So um, yeah, actually, let's go back to the point of mm-hmm. you know you talking about how your camera slides around, right? Yeah. You always want two points of lock, right? No matter what you're doing, if it's from the tripod plate. Uh, to your 15 millimeter base or if it's to the base to the camera or if the camera's inside the cage you don't want it to screw you know you don't want it to slip around so <clears throat> actually with their black magic cage black magic underneath their cold shoe mount um actually i'm not even sure if it's a cold shoe mount but yeah they've got a quarter 20 on top and then not only that but on the bottom they have a quarter 20 with two locking pins on the side so uh, black magic thought ahead for this and you know they actually have right next to their quarter 20 they have two small little holes that pins go in so even if you didn't screw it in on top you'd Those still, be, a, lock you'd, you'd still uh. be able you know your camera would still be locked inside mm. so yeah because the, the the kind of goal of building a proper rig is that you don't have to worry about anything else you know you're taking away as many things as possible so that you can shoot the best that you can. You don't want to be worried about battery. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be, be worried about struggling to see your image or making sure things are in focus. Um, you don't want to be worried about audio or memory. Like, you, you know, it's, it's just the more stuff that you can take away from the process, it leaves you to fundamentally, or to focus, focus on the fundamentals. On, yeah. You know? So why, why, why would somebody build their own rig versus buying like a, a Sony FX9 or FS7 and having everything built in body? So uh, it's just, it, it all kind of boils down to your style of shooting, mm. right? Um, but for building your own rig, it's, I like it because it's personal, you know? Like even though these rigs are, or these parts are readily accessible, you know, across the world and people have probably built rigs exactly like mine. There's still things that, you know, make it my own, you know, and it's my style of shooting is handheld. I can go from up on the shoulder to in my hand to carrying it like a baby to going down to waist level to dropping it all the way to the floor. So the versatility, right? Absolutely. So like, for example, you can take this holding apart and throw your camera on a gimbal. Yep. Versus you'd being able to do that with an FX9 or with a FS7, right? Like you can't easily as easily do it. You yeah. can you can more easily break something apart with us with a rig that you custom built yourself versus having like a FS7, FX9 or a red well, that you have to kind of like, you know, well, not purposely necess- use it. Not necessarily. The FX9 like it fits it's it fits its certain style of shooting, right? Like a lot of FS7 or, F- <coughs> or when people are getting the FX9, like a lot of Sony shooters like that, they're going to be they're going to have larger rigs. They're going to want to shoulder rig it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't see a lot of guys going around handheld opping FX nines or F 55s or really, you know, like even Wait, this, the, even, I forgot. Does the FX nine have a uh, built in image stabilization? Uh, that I'm not sure of. I just know that it's killing it with the autofocus game. Yeah. yeah that's what know? I heard. And it's the only time that I've ever actually trusted <gasps> autofocus. I mean, I know that the a 6,500 does it and the Sony's have pretty decent autofocus, you know, the previous cameras, but like, that's the first time I've seen it in a video and would be like, 
okay, I'd slap that on a gimbal and completely and utterly trust through my shot that mm-hmm. I know it's going to be in focus. What blew my mind was the fact that the, all the footage you see out there of the FX9 with the autofocus has been on like pre-production cameras. Yeah. Oh, this is in pre-production. It's just going to get better. Like, it's only, you know? only going to get better. And even with firmware updates in the future. like Yeah. So, But it just depends. You know, like, w- like you can totally build a rig, but then you kind of, when you're going into larger rigs, then everything gets bigger. You know, your tripods get bigger. Your stabilizers get bigger. Your dollies get bigger. Like, there are so many cameras that are out right now you know, they're doing amazing things and for the mm-hmm. size, you know, um, I wanted to go the S one H route for the longest time. You know, I've been talking about getting that camera for pretty much since the S one came out and they were announcing that they would be doing a more video based camera. Mm-hmm. But you know, Rob Chato has been, you know, telling me about his, he said he hasn't touched his FS seven in months. Uh, the guy that really, basi- the guy that basically told wait, wait. Him- because he switched to black magic yeah yeah rob's got a black magic he's got the pot he started with the pocket 4k there were some things that he didn't really like about it so he sent it back um and then shot with the fs7 for a while but then he bought this one and he absolutely loved it you know and so he's been telling me about it the guy that taught me everything about panasonic how to shoot with gh4 and then eventually i upgraded my gh5 because of him um he sent me this video that he just did recently and it's just undeniable man like i really I was looking at the footage. Oh, I watched the video over and over and over again, and I'm like, man, I haven't seen anything this clean mm-hmm. out of an S1H. Now, granted, yes, it is the first, you know, 6K full frame mirrorless, you know, camera. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's got great internal stabilization. There's a lot of caveats to that. Uh, oh, my voice just changed. <laughs> I got <a> midnight radio <laughs> on. <clears throat> There's a lot of caveats to that S1H, though, man, uh, including the fact that when you shoot slow motion, you have a, you have, I think it crops in, right? Well, so 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 does the Black Magic actually. When you go down to, okay, when, chinga, I think you can shoot 120. Like I said, I'm I'm brand new to this camera. I'm brand new to Black Magic. You yeah. Know, in the grand scheme of things, um, but you've got a pretty substantial sensor crop for the slow motion on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of like my only thing. Um, but you've got 12 bit 422 internal raw. Yeah, that's and fucking like, insane. Dude, I couldn't argue that. Like my buddy's like, dude, you can literally buy two of these cameras for the same price. It would be for you to like even just build you know buy an s1h get the adapter and then put a cage on it mm-hmm. you know i'd be sitting somewhere around six grand and that's still without glass mm. you know this i parted everything out and i think you know i got the cage the ssd um uh, what else did i get the cage the ssd a monitor mount um and the camera you know all for three grand you know, just under three G's. Damn, that's and pretty so good. I literally could build two I of might these. Get, I might get one. <laughs> so, I'm like so close to I'm just looking at it this whole time. Just like, damn. Yeah. I mean, and look, uh, I'll be honest. Everything I've seen with a black magic ever has been incredible. Like, yeah. I, when you ever see footage from a, the reason I've never wanted to pull the triggers because I'm like, it looks like a, it doesn't look cool, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> it looks like a, I don't know, man. It, like something you got to, yeah, it's it looks like, explain, a, it looks you know like I mean? a Game Boy Advanced. You know what I mean? Like Game Boy, it looks like a Game Boy, bro. That's what, you it know? It does. It does. And somebody hit me up about it. I, I had probably, I don't know, 10 people in my DMs today asking me about it and my initial thoughts. I was going to DM you when I saw you post the Black Magic on your story. And then I was like, he's probably working on some gig and he's using it. I was like, oh, crap, you bought it. No, okay, yeah. so you're going Black Magic. Yeah, because I, I, you know, I've wanted to upgrade a camera for a while. And then it just, you know, it's it's it seems like when I buy gear, everything lines up. Like I have the money, uh, you know. I have time to shoot, you know, and then, you know, get a new camera, you get creative again. You're like, oh, what can I go shoot with this? How can I use this? And, you know, so far, I mean, just with messing around with it at the house, you know, it looks great. But UPS lost my, uh, 
lost my SSD in the mail today. You don't have so, any CFast on you? Uh, no, I don't have any CFast. I only have um, 150 megabytes. Did you order from B&H? What do you need for the SD card to work on there? Um, I actually, cable. everybody that I've seen and that I've talked to either uses CFast cards or uses the SSD because uh, I'm pretty sure on the CFast cards, I might be wrong on this because, you know, like I said, I just got it, but mm -hmm. um, the CFast cards will allow you to shoot the compression rate of three to one and five to one in Blackmagic Raw. The SSD is not fast enough for that. So I think that you can only shoot uh, from what I've been told, eight to one and like 12 or 13 to one mm -hmm. compression rates. Um, oh, the higher so, the number, the more compression or less compression? Yeah, yeah, the higher the number, the more compression. The so the the 12 number, to the, 1 would be super compressed. Yeah. Well, not so. I mean, you're still getting, you know, it's still raw, 6K yeah. raw. So in the grand scheme so of things. So CFast is the only one that can probably handle the... I believe so because I know that an SD card's most likely not going to do it. I mean, they have 400 megabit write speeds, but this is the thing. Like, uh, <clears throat> I spent $300 on a two terabyte SD, you know, and it's probably 400, you know, or like three, it, right around the same price to get a 400 megabit SSD for, you know, for 128 gigs or like maybe 256 gigs. Yeah. So you're getting so much more space and write speed and, you know, download transfer times. It like, just makes sense. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw one of these Samsung drives, I think it was the, I don't know if it was the T8 or the S8 or something, but Rob Machado had it and we had filmed, um, a three camera interview segment and it was like four different people. Each of the interviews were about maybe 10, 15 minutes. We were filming 4k. And like, by the time that I was done breaking everything down and getting everything packed up on the cart, like he was done transferring. Mm -hmm. And you know, no, you know, you normally run into the problem of, oh, I got to go home, I got to switch it to the drives, and then I got to switch it to their drive. Mm -hmm. And you know, these drives just work; they work so quick. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it's it's a workflow that I'm completely new with. You know, DaVinci Resolve uh, they sent with this for free, so I got to get into the whole Resolve game and learning how to edit and color. Man. So it's well, how about the overheating? Um. So I. I haven't heard of this camera overheating. Uh, the fans do come out of the bottom, and uh, I don't know if you guys can see, but the fans kind of come out right here. And the cage itself kind of blocks that, you know, and metal does heat up. So mm -hmm. if, you know, you're filming when it's hot outside, the metal heats up, it's not going to cool off maybe as fast. So that, but I haven't shooting heard. outside in Vegas in 110 God, degree terrible. weather. Terrible. You get I mean, if it, it has a fan, it's already, it's already leaps ahead of a lot of other cameras because a7 yeah. definitely don't have and plus their body oh, size the sizes, 500 bro forget it <laughs> bro because they're you so ain't shooting small, outside during the summer they're so small they can't cool down fast yeah. enough that's why it's just like yeah they're the fs5 those beasts bro for the summer oh yeah i used to shoot outside in 115 degree i've never weather, had bro. one i've never had an fs5 or an fs7 overheat but i have had atomos monitors a7s's a7r's i've had all those outside it's you know, trippy how freaking ex inexpensive it's gotten since the Mark II came out. Yeah. Because now you can get, like, if you find a good deal, you can get the FS5 for, like, 3200 Probably even cheaper. Probably even cheaper. Yeah. Dude, my buddy got his nuts. FS7 from... Um, FS7? Yeah, he bought his oh, FS7, okay. um, like, maybe two months ago. No, it was FS7 Mark II, actually. That's what it was. FS7 Mark II, and he got it for, like, 7300 Damn, that was, like, a brand new... 1DX Mark II. <laughs> That's crazy. But dude, like you look at it, I think I think when that came out, the FS7 Mark II is what, 11,000 for the body? You know, mm -hmm. so he got it for 73 and it came with accessories like the handle and the viewfinder and all that shit. That's, so like, that's the deal I'm trying to find right there. Uh, yeah. And but, I, I with filmed, the FX9. I filmed a couple gigs with it. I like it. Yeah, the FX9. <laughs> no, or in the FS7 Mark II. Oh, uh, yeah. And yeah. I filmed a lot of gigs with the FS7. And I mean, that's what Chato shoots on, you know, and his shit looks absolutely amazing. But you've shot on reds and... Yeah, yeah, I shot on like I think the only what camera, is it Aries Aries? How do you say it? Ari, Ari, Ari. Yeah, so I haven't shot on uh, the Ari sixty five or the LF. 
Um, but I've shot with pretty much everything under that. Um, haven't shot with the Varicam, um, or like the Phantom Flex, but pretty much like all other, all pretty much all the Reds. Is the um, learning curve really hard on those, or is it kind of pretty simple? At the end of the day, like a camera is a camera. Mm -hmm. It just really boils down to like the menu systems. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they can be confusing, but for the most part, it's it's still just a camera. I heard red is super simple. It is. Like, Everything's on your screen. So, so it's like the Black Magic almost. Yeah, and that's what I love about the Black Magic is that <laughs> everything is right on the screen in such an easy, intuitive, simple menu setup. All the buttons are right where you need them to be. Um, yeah, it does kind of look like it does kind of look like a toy camera. And I it's had crazy. somebody slide in my DMs today, and he was like, "Let me know what you think about that little toy." And I'm like, "It's not a little toy when you see the footage call, that it can put out." Call you know? him out, like, call him out. Who was it? <laughs> Rick, Rick uh, the director. Oh snap! I don't know him Who's personally. That? Uh, he's actually a, he's a cool director, uh, guy in town. Um, that I've done a couple music videos with. He's actually the director that uh, shout out to him. He let me drive that Lamborghini Huracan. Damn. On, on set. Oh, hell yeah. Dude, that was baller boy. Yeah, I was like, hey, Rick, you going to let me whip the Lambo? And he's like, yeah, sure, here's the keys. I'm like, all right, later. So I just, <laughs> yeah, dude, I think I hit just, just like just over 100 at the top of third gear. It's crazy. Now, when you say Lambo, you mean a Lamborghini, right? Yes, indeed. Lamborghini car. Yes, indeed. This yeah. is a, okay, this is one of the fast ones. Yeah. Not like a toy 600, car. 600, 620 horsepower. Yeah. Nice. These, cars are, these cars are sweet. Nice. Tesla's are faster. I want to. I want to. I want to talk about you because you you were you derailed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but let's talk about your rig here. What do you have going on? All what right. is important to have in a camera rig, and why? Okay, so I think like some of the main fundamentals are balance, right? Like balance. It, it has to be a balance rig. If this is something a, I just found out about a couple of days ago. So if you know if you as an operator want to have the most longevity, right? You know going through your day and if you're fighting the camera or you're muscling the camera that's obviously going to take down a lot on your longevity mm -hmm. so you want your camera to be balanced you know left to right and front to back so when i pick up my camera you know and this is a new build so i'm still getting a little fresh with it but you know if i just hold it by the middle if you just it's hold not it by leading the middle, too much forward not leading too much back yeah. that's what you want yeah because it's like balancing a gimbal essentially you want it to have even weight on all sides because exactly. plus it also helps with stability right to a certain yep. extent like yep. Cause I remember that one guy was talking about it with the easy rig. Uh, he was just like, is that what it's called? What's yep. the thing that pulls down? Yeah. Easy rig. Yeah. He was just explaining like how you want your center of gravity on a heavier camera to be the center of course. Mm. And how like you can get that dope handheld look. Yeah. If your rig is properly balanced on an easy rig, you will get some great footage. But mm -hmm. if it's front heavy and you're still like the idea is that when it's floating in front of you, it should just be floating in front of you. It shouldn't be tilted. It shouldn't be, you know, mm -hmm. and that's, it's it's not an I wouldn't say it's an easy thing to do, but it's not an overly hard thing to do. You know, you just have to you just have to know what you're doing. Yeah. And play around with it a little bit. I know bit. it's off tangent. You ever see those guys in Asia who can balance like anything? Yeah. They can balance like mopeds on like their little thing. Like full mopeds, bro. And dirt bikes and shit. On, on their what? On you know the little kickstand? They can perfectly balance it because they know the oh, center of yeah. like they, they put a phone and they can just like perfectly balance it. That's possible. And I tried it. and That's yeah. a, it's called witchcraft. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about balance, bro. Life's all about balance. Ooh, all right. That's but, a deep uh, one right there. Walk us <laughs> through. Walk us through. Um, but other than that, like another thing for me, and this is especially coming from the assistant camera world, is keep your cables clean. And also, I mean, that translates to, you know, grip and electric work too. Like nobody wants dirty cables and just shit laying around, you know? Yeah, cable management. You, you just got to look clean, you know? And that's what I love about, 
cinema builds, especially like the red interface, because everything just kind of buckles together and the power is all integrated. So you don't mm-hmm. have any cables, you know, and that's kind of what I wanted to model my rig after is a handheld red setup because it, it's just the most, in my style of shooting, it's just the most versatile. Mm-hmm. Um, but what else? What else? Um, getting adequate power is really important. So rocking a V mount or a gold mount off the back of your camera. What's the difference between a V mount and a gold mount? So it's it's basically just the mounts. It's just a mount type. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So a V mount is one locking point. It just you know slides down onto it, and then gold mount is three different you know gold. Is uh, there actual safer? gold in the mount? So no. <laughs> what is like the name of the guy? Uh, actually, no. I don't. Like Robert Goldman. Robert Goldman. <laughs> just making it I'm, up. No, I'm going to go for that. Who made these? Robert uh, Goldman. Mr. Robert Gold Goldman. Mounts. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Goldmount. <laughs> um, the company that I like uh, for mounts is Indie Pro Tools. They're out of New York. Uh, they're really cool guys. I got to meet them at Cinegear last year. Nice. Um, but And then for my choice of batteries... Uh, Anton Bauer, if you're if you got the money for them, they're you know the top of the line in my opinion. But um, if you want a somewhat more of a budget, go with Core Core mm. SWX. I have nothing but great things to say about that company, man. I, the first battery I got from them, I thought that it was uh, I thought I had an issue with their battery. Turns out it was an issue with my battery pack. But not only did they send me back the di- diagnostics of my battery and telling me, obviously that what wasn't wrong with it but then they offered they were like yo we've got some really good in-house you know electricians and tech guys you know if you wanted to send that plate to us we could check it out and see if there is anything wired wrong or like wow. and i was just like dude that's like customer service that's like, next level wrong? huh yeah huh was it wired wrong no actually what it was was i bought a cable and it didn't have uh on d taps you've got a flat side and a curved side and this side both had it didn't have a curved side so you can wire it backwards and so I got the cable, plugged it in, and my positive was to positive and negative. Oh. And uh, I turned my battery plate on, and uh, yeah, I fried my two thousand dollar follow focus. Uh, I fried my GoPro because that was attached, charging to the battery plate. Um, and I fried my monitor cable. Thankfully, it wasn't plugged into my monitor. And this was all a day before I was supposed to film uh, Life Is Beautiful. <sighs> So I turn around and I come back and there's just a huge cloud of smoke. And oh, I'm like, that's so fucking. Do you have any scary. video from that? No. You were probably too scared to film it. You're like, dude, I was panicking. just, I was, dude, I was devastated. And I was yeah. like calling everybody, like trying to figure out what happened. And then, you know, so moral of the story is triple check it, triple check your D taps, make sure positive, you know, make sure positive is where it needs to go. And Wait, but you, you said that uh, indie, indie film, prop, uh, indie pro, indie, tools. indie pro tools, they, they, they went ahead and fixed your actual battery mount too. No, no, no. So it, it wasn't the battery mount at all. <clears> so that's what I thought it was. Cause oh. I don't know shit about electronics or, you know, so what was Power it? Management, but it was the cable, the the aftermarket cable that I had bought. <clears throat> so that's the thing, you know, buy quality. Don't yeah. try to cheap out. And, um, but yeah, core is great. They've got great batteries, but it allows not only my camera, but my <coughs> monitor to stay powered all day long. And I don't have to worry about it. You know, no, I, I've seen, sorry, Chuck, I'm going to cut you off. Cause I want to get this out. I've been thinking yeah. about this question for like the last 10 minutes. <laughs> He's looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> why, why are some batteries like $500, $600, $1,000, Versus like on Amazon, the one that I have cost me 118, 100 bucks. Um, so that's a good question. I'm gonna try to answer it. To now, why do someone is it is it because I know yours has a monitor or like a screen on it? Yeah. So there's different types of batteries. Uh, there's different types of watt hours. Um, some of Core's new batteries actually give you like battery diagnostics, like output. Um, yeah, they've got the screen and stuff on the back of them to tell you runtime. Um. But I, I probably just boils down to build quality, you know, the internals. Um, and then the, the Anton Bowers that I've used uh, mostly are my buddy Galvin's. Uh, and they've got like a soft touch on the back of them. And you can yeah. cycle through like 
all like menu items like on the battery. Um, but yeah, I think it just probably just build quality. Mm-hmm. So why would you and, have to like, cycle longevity? through things? Like just like more power for something? Uh, on those, uh, one's like a runtime. The other one is like voltage that's coming out of it. So like with higher end cinema cameras, like they need obviously a certain amount of power to run. Uh, some RE cameras I've seen uh, have an actual um, like a read readout on the side of the body. Does um, someone have like a breaker too? A what? Does someone have like a breaker where like if you were to plug in something that's gonna draw safe stops less or more um, i think that power it will stop it like mm-hmm. safe I think, stops yeah because yeah, I, oh, okay. I know like like i was telling you about if you plug in my a6500 which uses a nine volt battery or you know power source if you plug it into the 12 volt you'll fire the camera i think that some things are built in with surge protectors like yeah. i do believe that my gh5 or the cable that i had to my gh5 had a surge protector in it because yeah. it shut my camera off when it fried everything, but it didn't fry my camera or the battery cable. So the battery cable still worked afterwards and so did the camera. So which leads me to believe that something either in the camera or the battery noticed mm-hmm. the change in voltage. Um, but no, it's really easy to fry shit. <laughs> it's yeah. really easy to fry yeah. shit. So that's the only reason I was scared to like try to do it, man. Cause I was like thinking about, I never had to think about it. You know, yeah. you, you, you're running an eight sixty five hundred eight seven 7 r 2 Just put the batteries Just put the in little batteries it. in there, but they last 30 minutes, man. Like, yeah. you know, <clears throat> we had to have, oops, we had to have like ten batteries on hand, bro. Every every time we went to go bro, to a I shoot, have so many A seven R two batteries, and then and then some of them like over time because they were like wasabi's or whatever. Yep. they would they would not charge up to a hundred percent. They would like be or they like lose 70. their charge, you know, because they're like just ghetto. Because like mine do that now. The wasabi ones I have, like I'll put it in. It says a hundred. I'll be shooting for like maybe like ten minutes, twenty minutes, and then I'll look and it's like forty three, and I'm like, yep, what the fuck? Yep, and some get fat too. They 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 get big, bro. If you overcharge them or something, yeah, don't cheap out, people. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to keep just, buying just, and, uh, and fuck up the earth. <laughs> don't plug it. Don't plug in uh, to the wrong power source. Like, make sure it's like the right voltage. <laughs> just like just like batteries on uh, cars. Yeah, always yeah. always double check that you're plugging in. Yeah, to the right man. Side. Oh, man. But no, mainly, man, it's just um. So you got a monitor on there. You have a battery. You have a a top handle. Yeah. So um, you have a cage around your camera with multiple mounting points. You got extra hot shoes. You just want to make sure that you're like the main thing about the cage is that your camera is protected. Yeah. Right? And then it gives you the accessories, you know, mm-hmm. obviously mounting options and stuff like that. Um, right now I'll be up to, I'll, I'll be upgrading to a seven inch monitor. Uh, I'll be switching over to gold mount. Um, what about a map box? You want to put a map box on there? So JTZ makes a really good map box. Uh, JTZ. Yeah. It's, um, they are kind of like they're kind of like modeled after the Tilta, uh, mm. like carbon fiber, like map box. They've got a handle on the top that you can grab. They're the um, but filters are super expensive, and I'm not really like there yet for mm-hmm. like specialty filters and stuff. Like I'd rather just keep dealing with the screw ons. Yeah. Um, especially, I just saw something new on that shoot that I was on with Chuck. Did recently. you find it for that? No, uh, I found one that's online, but I don't think I found the brand that they had. So I'll probably like, but, but bro, yes. I can't find them. So what are you guys talking about? He'll talk, he'll say right now. Magnetic mounts. Oh magnetic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout magnetic, out to Drew. Uh, I, I, that's what I was waiting for you to send me. I was like, I'll wait for you to send me those. Yeah, I still got. I, I still got to look. Like me and Chuck have been. Somebody just to knocking them. the door, or is that you? No, I think that was me. Oh, okay, my bad. We got to resend that camera because uh, Tyler did move. Oh, did damn I? it, Tyler! Come on. Here, if you want me to. It's supposed to be a professional podcast. I can scoot back this way. <laughs> Good. No, that's my perfect. Bad. Okay. You got it perfect. But um. Let's see. <laughs> I just noticed. I was like, "Don't Whoa. be nervous, bro. Don't you're already, you're pretty good. You're actually 40, 44 minutes into the podcast. Yeah, you're doing pretty good, man. Sweet. All right, I'll probably start. I know you were fidgeting over. Yeah, here. so go back to like the magnetic because uh, if you guys don't know, like uh, we were on the shoot and somebody literally had this ring 
you know where you usually have to screw on a nd filter mm-hmm. but it was magnetic and it just popped on and it was on there like tough yeah and all you have to do is just give it a little force and it comes off and i was like bro that's so genius it could probably be knocked off you know like if you brush past something yeah. or like you really you really hit it but for the most part like and i mean i treat my gear really like i try to treat it like royalty mm-hmm. so <laughs> I make sure it's not Our bouncing into things and uh but yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it just goes back to the easeability of everything, you know, being able yeah, to just it's all about time. Yeah. Especially if you're a one and gun, you know, running gun man, just like one man shooter, you know, it's just, it's, you want to be quick, you, know, yeah. you want to be efficient. You don't want to be held up in front of clients or them wondering what you're doing or you having issues. Like I just, I, I like to show up, shoot the shit, have a good day. And go home, you know. And I also heard that when you when you when you build your rig, you're supposed to be able to shake it around and have nothing wiggle around, like nothing loose, right? Yeah, you don't want anything. And then uh, if you're going on like if you're going on a shoot where say maybe you're on an ATV or you're in a UTV or in something that's gonna be bouncing around and moving around a lot, yeah, you want to double check all your bolts before you leave the house. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was actually uh, last time I went on a UTV ride, um. I got to the end of the UTV ride and like I was missing like three bolts. Damn. Like oh, literally just like the bouncing, yeah. you know, just like it yeah. Shook, yeah. shook the bolts out. So See, that's why I like the new small rig handles that have the Allen key wrench built into it yeah. magnetically. Yeah. Show them real quick. Yeah, so Damn. The, the nuke the pocket cage has it too. They got it uh, right Ooh. here. Ooh. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, see on top that top handle has a has an Allen Allen wrench. Wow. That's so fucking simple, but it's so genius. Bro, but small rig kills it because they also have like the little <laughs> this key thing, you know, to Yes. They have that at the bottom of the small rigs now. I was like, damn. Yeah, small rig small rig is the shit, man. I got nothing but good things to say about them. Um and yeah, I'm ho- I'm waiting on an email back from the dream the dream rig team right now. Mm-hmm. Just about because like uh uh so I've used this app recently called Shape uh Shaper three D, which mm-hmm. is an iPad app. It's an awesome three D CAD design app and it's got uh, almost all the formats to export. 3d cad files into other design softwares mm. um but i want to start making parts even if they're just one-offs you know even if people don't go out and buy them or i'm not making any money from them like like i said it's about the easeability and my shooting style so um i want to build like a retracted cold shoe mount so that you know when i have a seven inch full-size monitor that's spanning edge to edge of my camera rig you know a, a microphone's not getting in the way that it's going to be offset right you know um much like a canted iron sight on the, on like a rifle would be, you know, like yeah. you just switch right over to the side and you got it. Um, and then also probably a new mount for my, uh, for my Sennheiser Lav. And then eventually, uh, I'll probably, I'll probably add a Teradek system to this so I can just have wireless output to clients so they can see what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, did you see that? Remember the, the one I sent yeah. you? Yeah. It's like it 600 called. bucks. Holland. It's like, Holland. Yeah, Holland, Holland Day or something. Hollyland. Hollyland. Yeah, yeah. So Hollyland's cool. We actually yeah. use Hollyland's on this, um, this Chinese feature. How did they I work? On. They actually worked really well, man. Um, but everything was, I saw that would look great. We I was going to get one until Chuck talked me out of it. We were working, uh, <laughs> it was like through the middle of the summer. Yeah. And it was like a hundred. 15 you know 117 degrees like throughout the day and yeah. they they did really well um i think that they have now they have like a a, a long range receiver panel as well um but i don't really need that like i said it's it's just depends on what you guys are shooting and isn't teradek more teradek is yeah absolutely two, three grand for a teradek bro yeah yeah bro, but ridiculous. but now small hd i think i don't know if they're the same company now small hd and teradek or they work together yeah so oh, they, they offer the monitor. they offer the small rate or the small hd monitors with the Teradex built in for like a director's monitor yep. stuff like that. Yeah, the uh, it's the 703 <laughs> RX and TX. Yeah, so those models are sweet. You know, that's mm. just um, Teradex is just it's it, 
it's it's clean you know like i'm very aesthetically based i like things to look good so uh tarot deck for me it it just has and and it works you know it's it's been a system over the years that i've used you know we've had issues with paralinks and you know we've had issues with uh what was the other brand that we used Uh, i can't remember but tarot deck's just always the one that's just there you know and you do Mm -hmm. have issues you know you do encounter frequency issues and you do have your you have problems with gear, you know, all sorts You're of gear. Always well. did, did, did you end up going to school for film or uh, how did you get into this, man? So, yeah, I, um, I took, I mean, it was a guitar major in high school and, um, I've seen I, you play guitar on the Insta, bro. <laughs> Thanks, man. You seen uh, this fool play? No. This fool gets down. Yeah. Guitar. The Spanish guitar. The guitar will, the ladies. Uh, it'll always be my thing, man. It'll always be just like that pastime. You know, it, uh, my teacher kind of made me realize that I didn't want to do it professionally. Uh, he was kind of an asshole. He's like, you're trash, like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually, for as much of a dick as my high school teacher was, like, you know, he's very fundamentally sound and he did make me a better guitar player. But, um, you know, I kind of realized that that's not what I wanted to do. And so I started taking photography classes. I shot film for three years in high school. Um, and then the last year they had a video class. And it's not that I was better than anybody else. I just gave more of a shit about it, you know, and mm-hmm. the quality of my work. So you're better than everybody else. <laughs> Uh, and you know, I did a year there and, uh, you know, I was like, you know what, maybe I should go to college for this. Just try out a couple classes. So I booked one semester of like, I think like documentary one, video one, screenwriting. Um, and then flash forward like a year and a half later, uh, I bought my own follow focus and my professor hired me on a documentary that they were doing. And so that was like a four and a half month long doc. So it was a lot of experience. Damn. I, I mean, it wasn't every day for four and a half months, but it was over the course, uh, you know, four and a half months. And, um, I got to work with a red. I got to work with a professional DP. I got to use my follow focus and it was all like really low stress, you know, uh, which was a great, great learning experience. And then I just realized, man, like nobody gives a shit about a degree. Like I'm not going to continue to keep going to school. Uh, if I can literally learn everything that I need to know online through other people and or networking. And then, yeah, I think I, I had a regular nine to five, uh, for like between like 18 and 20, like when I got out of high school. And then I Mm -hmm. think like right around when I was 20 years old, I just started freelancing full time and really just, you know, steal the guy who got me into buying this camera. He always said something to me. He's like, dude, when you stop worrying about the money and you stop worrying about the income or worrying about it being a job, Mm -hmm. it'll come. And I never understood that. And I was like, that's so fucking stupid. Like, of course you have to be worried about money. Like it's your livelihood, you know? But really when I just started focusing on the work and going to work, doing better and, you know, just, being the best I can on set, like that's what people like. That's what people want. You, you started know? freelancing when you were like 18, 20? 20. Yeah, 20. Wow. Yeah, I and you're 45 now, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking fucking great for 45. So, bro, I've yeah. had that joke in my head for like the last two minutes. <laughs> and and it did waiting. not go over, bro. I was waiting for a minute and I was, I was going to deliver it really well. But then I said it and I laughed. <laughs> That's why I can never be a kid. His face never... that time. He's like, oh, that's why you're 45. <laughs> so you're 45 now. <laughs> no, I was, oh, uh, that's why I can never be a comedian. Never I can never be an actor. I, I laugh too much, man. Yeah, no, you got to laugh at yourself, though. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Sorry, get get serious again. But no, doing, I mean the podcast. That's kind of just oh, like God. that's kind of just if to recap. Yeah, that just the fundamentals of rigs is, you know, going front to back. You want a good lens support. You want, uh, 
You want a good cage to make sure your gear is protected. You want to make sure it's balanced, it's powered, and it's dynamic. You know, you just want to make sure that you've got everything that you're going to need for that shoot. And that that's just kind of basic fundamentals of filmmaking, really, not just camera building. But yeah, yeah, and it's just fun too. You know, it's just it's fun at the end of the day to be able to MacGyver something together and like really like you know make it your own. Even though, like I said, I think you would love it more when you make it your own. Oh, dude, when when you know? once I like I said, so I'm talking to small rig, and once you know I start getting. The knowledge of like exact measurements, how far quarter twenties need to be spaced apart, how the dynamics of the inside of a NATO rail work. Like once I really start to wrap, like I said, I'm very new to 3D modeling. Um, but once I start to wrap my head around how it works and you know what size pieces are and stuff like that, I can you know just start building my own stuff. You should join our company, man. We're trying to build products for people, dude. I and I thought I thought <laughs> about it and I was like. You know, like these parts might be better as like one-off pieces, mm-hmm. or if you know I do get it built by small rig and people do really like it, then I can build them specifically for them. I know a couple guys. I know one guy in town that's got a CNC machine, so it's definitely three D printer. Yeah, but for metal. Yeah, CNC <laughs> machines are expensive. They're expensive as shit. I think they're like three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars for yeah, like a basic one. Crazy. You know? So three hundred thousand. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, dude, CNCs are crazy. <laughs> that's a house, brother. They can pay for more than a house, though, if you get the right clients. That's true. That's like a four-year college. <laughs> Four. I'm kind of glad that you didn't go that you didn't like go through with the whole college thing, man. Because the way the world's going too, and like you're exactly right when you said that you nobody really cares about what school you went to or what degree you have. Yeah. If you can do a great job on set and be a great like provide everybody with a great experience and know your shit, which you can get the information online anywhere. Chuck just showed me a Studio Binders oh, YouTube bro. channel. Have you watched Studio Binders yeah. YouTube channel? Yep. They're doing a whole series right now where they're actually like walking you through the process of how they're casting the the and the talent. The budgeting the, for the a budgeting short film, for a short how to film, write it out and everything. Lo- scout, uh, location scouting, right. uh, choosing your camera rental, like you know where you can skimp out on things here and there, and and the, actually shooting the short film. Dude. And they let people submit their ideas for a short film, so that studio buyer can then produce it. Like that's bro, that's come on. I didn't know about that. I didn't know about you being able to actually send them scripts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. literally, they just said on this episode. I think that came out. Today oh, dude, that's rad. Or something. Yeah, I use I use MZ. So like MZ, there's Masterclass, uh, there's Linda, there's there's so Linda's actually doesn't exist anymore. No, it's it's now uh, LinkedIn Learning. Really, they bought it. No shit, LinkedIn bought know. Linda. Li- LinkedIn Learning, it's called. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. But yeah, like, but w- no matter what it is, but no matter what website you're going to, like, there's so even YouTube, you know, like there's so many resources for information. And really, I, I want to ask this: You've done Masterclasses, right? Uh, I haven't taken any of them personally, but oh, okay. I, I filmed one. I filmed the Daniel Negrano poker one. I was just a camera PA on that, but dude, it was so, and I think that's like, that's kind of the reason, you know, not to talk anything bad about masterclass, but it's very produced, you know, and like, not that the information's not there, but the thing that I like about MZ is a lot of it's like, uh, for Shane Hurlbert's class, you know, you're literally on set with him and he's teaching you how to wrap banded cable and, you know. 60 Almost like an actual physical workshop. Yeah, so you're watching okay, I've him seen and that. how he pre-lights a set or you yeah. know, how he you know wraps cable around a house. I love watching sh- those too. Yeah, dude. I was <laughs> just wondering because like, uh, like on a realistic note, if anybody's listening, do you think though hands-on is probably the best way to learn anything? For like, depends going, on your their learning going, ability or learning yeah. style. Yeah. But for me, 100%. I, spe- I think I, especially in this craft, it's essential. Yeah. You know, like it... I mean, I mean, the same could be said about medicine. Like you obviously, you need to go and go to medical school to learn how to, you know, heal people. But, right. um, with, 
My bad, sorry. No, you good. You're I tearing down our freaking studio, <laughs> bro. <laughs> oh, my bad. Um, but no, you can. Yeah, like I said, the information's there. You can you can mm-hmm. do it online. So, what was your question again? I lost no, it was uh, it was just basically like learning hands on. Oh like how, yes, how much better that is. Absolutely, learning hands on I think is essential, especially in this because it is a craft. You know, you are working. You know, you're working with your hands. You're working with your brain. You're working with you know other people, and that's another thing about like the thing that I like about the classes is that you know you're learning you're learning other people's areas of work mm-hmm. and so that like for me you know i still don't know entirely like what i want to do in this industry i love this industry i love every aspect about it i love shooting behind a camera i love directing but also i've learned so much more about lighting this past year that you know you learn like, how important it is to yeah, light yeah it's essential and especially if you're one running gun in it like you need to be your own sort of dp you know like i don't yeah. think i'm going to go out and try to like dp a feature anytime soon but like if you guys need me to light some really good interviews like i can definitely do that um but Yes, learning hands-on and just you can you can sit on YouTube and you can watch videos all day about a camera or about how to write a script or, uh, you know, how to go out and location scout or all the fundamentals of it. But, like, if you don't go out and actually do that, then you're never going to learn. Because mm-hmm. like, there's so much. There's, like, time constraints. There's stress. There's anxiety. There's, there's so many other, uh, like, variables that do affect you way more than just being in the comfort of your home and learning a master class. That's yeah. why it is, like... For sure, try to do as much stuff for free or do PA gigs, which, you know, get you money. But you can also see a lot how things go on and how people do things and all that. And I I, I, I wanted to ask, like, how did you become, like, you, you just started filming when you went into the freelance world, like, well, immediately? Well, what, what line of work did you start off doing when you started freelancing? Or were you AC? Were you, or? like, whatever came? Or was it, like, music videos? Was it... You were just helping somebody roll up cable. Like, what What was the thing that you started doing? So, dude, it was, it was literally anything I can get my hands on. Mm. Um, it was a fluffer. <laughs> <laughs> you fucker. Uh, as you know. That's how I got started in the, this film industry is I started fluffing. That's how you yeah, have to start. That's not a real role, actually, I found out. Is that it's not a real role. Yeah. Is it not? I mean, people will do it, but it's not like you, <laughs> you don't, don't get you do don't it. get paid to do it. Like it's not like a title. Like you're not on the cast. Uh, no, nah, usually your producer sheet. will get their hands dirty. Or your now. your call sheet. <laughs> the Fluff, director. Fluffer, seven a.m. sharp. <laughs> he's first. Get, he's first on set. You can't schedule things like that. That's the thing. Sorry, man. Go ahead. I, I had to do like a little comedic break there. <laughs> it's all good. Um, no, just uh, yeah. Anything I get my hands on, man. I th- I think uh, in school it was just you fucking. <laughs> He's sitting trying not to laugh. I was, I was not trying I'm, to laugh, but then you said hands on. So that's the first thing I think about. Any job that came my way, I took it. Let's yeah. put it that way. Um, no, I uh, like it. Yeah, I, I was AC and doing very basic AC work, like right out of college. AC um, is assistant camera, right? Assistant camera work. Um, I was PA doing a lot of PA work, uh, which is great. Like PA work is a lot of people think it is obviously, yeah, it's the bottom of the barrel. It's the grunt it's, work. Or it's like menial, but like. PA stuff like for the most part like as long as you can follow directions you'll survive as a PA. Like if you mm-hmm. can't do if you can't be a PA you can't do anything else in this industry. Mm-hmm. You don't have you don't have the responsibility to do it. I'm sorry. And I've worked with PAs that are like that and I'm just like man like you you won't survive. You're going to get eaten up. You yeah, know because it is like on big professional sets things move quickly and shit is serious, you know? Like mm-hmm. um Alex White, he's a steady cam op uh, and a great camera operator out here. He also makes amazing pizzas. 
uh, which I've been trying to try for the longest time. But, <laughs> but you uh, haven't tried, so how do you know? I've just been busy, dude. Oh, literally okay. every time this dude's had an event, I'm like, I want to come out and film. Mm-hmm. I just want to eat pizza, but like, I want to come out and film <laughs> and I end up getting busy. But anyway, so like, uh, the first gig, the first big PA gig that I ever had here was for big knockout boxing like years ago. And he was a camera operator. Um, every food order throughout the three days got fucked up and I was responsible. Right. Even though I literally had people write down their orders, I would take it to the cashier, give it to them somehow, some way the order got fucked up and they don't care if it's the people at the restaurant that fucked it up. Like you're the one who brought it back that needs to make sure it's right. So yeah, the food orders got screwed up and JD Belinsky, who's a huge DP out of New York. Oh, I know who that is. Yeah. He should say, so he was our operator. Right. And at the end of the week he was like, he's like, dude, you smashed it. He's like, you were a great PA, you know, you hustled hard. Uh, but I'll never let you order my fucking food again. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <not>. <laughs> just, just like, oh shit. But Alex was an operator on that. And, you know, flash forward a couple of years later, hadn't really worked together too much. I got the chance to AC for him. Um, and we had talked a little bit on Instagram after, and he was like, yeah, man, the, the two things that stood out to me is he <laughs> said, uh, you, you learn to manage the crumble. Cause I told him how like flustered I used to get on set. I, I used to have like really bad anxiety. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't Same. walk, I wouldn't walk into set, uh, until, absolute call time and if i didn't know anybody on that set the thought of having to go find especially being a pa because like his camera department you can head straight to camera like you know who you have to talk to where you have to go with like a pa you're straggling yeah you don't know who the production manager is like you're asking people a bunch of stuff and that Mm -hmm. always used to like really really freak me out yeah um but yeah you learn to take super long bathroom breaks (laughs) you learn to manage the crumble and you know the the growth curve, it, it never ends. You're always learning. There's always something that you could be doing better. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's just kind of, you know, how I attribute to this. You know, I, going through high school, I realized that, or even just a lot of things in life, I would kind of be naturally good at, but I never took the time to really learn the fundamentals or really like learn the discipline. Like, yeah, I'm a great guitar player, but like I can barely read sheet music. I don't know theory one bit, you know, and then I, kind of like did that with film i was that guy that was hiding behind nice gear in town i was Mm -hmm. like yeah i got a great rig got a great setup but like i wasn't shooting that much i wasn't editing that much and i was just you know all my work was coming from production stuff um and then i just kind of got to a point where i was like man like i really need to learn like what all this is about like i really need to go back to the drawing board and kind of relearn the fundamentals and dude the more you shoot the more you will learn like you can't you can't learn everything you need to know by YouTube videos going back to that point, right? Oh yeah. Like you need to go out and shoot. I learned so much about myself, my style of shooting, my footage, how things, how your footage acts in different scenarios. Yeah. Like you need to go out. If you want to be a shooter, you need to go out and shoot. Shooter, shoot this shot. Oh, <laughs> dude. I like that. I, that was very inspirational actually. I, and that was one thing that I did want to say when you mentioned about like, like learning through masterclass and learning, learning through YouTube is like, that's great to an extent, but even I got myself into a point where like I, w- when I was studying photography for the longest time, yeah. I would watch other photographers. I would like watch them. Oh, this is how you do, do one light setup. This is a two light setup. This is how you do the Photoshop editing. And I would just watch it. And I would find myself getting addicted to just watching the yep. craft and, and like, Oh, I'm learning so much, but it's also like, if you don't put it, I'm, I'm the kind of person that if I don't do it into, if I don't, if I don't do it, if I don't practice it, I can learn it year after year. It's not, nothing's yeah. going to happen. Nothing's going to come from it, yeah. you know? Almost like the muscle memory is not there. Like the mental yeah. memory of like doing it, you know, is not there. Yeah. Like I can watch how to set up a 3D or a three point lighting setup all day long, but the first time that I got on set and like was trying to figure it out, like, yeah, my interviews look like shit because I never lit an interview before. Yeah. You know, but. 
Plus, you also, because in the videos, they're in a full studio with high ceilings, yep. so they have all this room to do stuff, and then it's like, okay, shooting in this little cramped up 10 by 10 room. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wait, but I can't put the light over here, so now it's too hard. And see, that's the things you've got to learn on set. Yep. Because there's so many variables. How to adapt. That come with it. Yep. Yep. And dude, that's like the worst thing. It's like, I, that's like the shit that, that's why I kind of want to get into more like narrative and commercial work. Um, well, what's narrative again? That's a, is that like documentary? No, no, no. So narrative. Narrative is a like, short film? Yeah, like, yeah, any oh. short film work. Dude, join our work. crew, bro. We're going to make a short film. We're not dude. creating no crew. He's <laughs> Where he's like, I'm just gonna throw it out there. We're yeah, not doing that. It's on the podcast. But dude, you know, you know, anytime you need my help, I'm around. And that's another thing is like any anytime like I've had a lot of productions come in town, and like I said, we know a lot of like the top people that are here. We know what they have, what gear is accessible. Yeah. Like it's another thing I pride myself on is that I I can usually find some sort of camera package or the person that you need. And um, dude, Vegas has had an influx of work, man. I I've had probably like a handful of times this year that. I've been triple booked or quadruple booked, you know, like nice. in a day, like people have called me for the same dates and it's like, yeah, it mm. sucks. Like you have to turn down a lot of work. How far but, do you usually book in advance? Uh, sometimes like, uh, some, maybe like a month. I think the longest I've ever booked in advance is like a wedding. But I, like I said, I try not to, I try not to worry about it, you know? Mm. And <clears throat> ever since, like, you know, I, you know, I just keep getting calls, which I'm so incredibly blessed for, yeah, you know, like it's beautiful dude. And like, that's the thing is like, yeah, like once I stopped worrying, like around 20, 22, you know, 21, once I stopped worrying about like, is this going to be a thing? Like, just make it a thing, you know, like make film the thing that you want to do. And people start to recognize that. And like, I'm not a huge fan of social media and it sucks that you have to be so tied into it, you know, especially nowadays if you want to like push the YouTube game yeah. um, or your Instagram game. But um, people always hit me up and I still feel like I don't work enough. I still feel like that's that crazy. I still feel like. Always on a different set, bro. Yeah, I know. I'm oh always seeing you. I'm like, chill, bro. We get it. You do film. <laughs> <laughs> I, I stopped following your stories. I'm like, he's, 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 he's put me on mute. Yeah. You. <laughs> he doesn't want to unfollow me because then I'll see that. Dude, no, people, it's crazy. That's crazy to me. Like, people have, like, actually, like, you unfollow somebody and people call you out for unfollowing them. It's like, you really look that heavily into who follows you and who doesn't. Like, I'll I'm tell just, you one thing. I don't follow anybody who just takes photos of themselves. Yeah. If you have, unless, unless that's your unless job. You're a cute girl. Unless that's your job. <laughs> And you're making money off of it. I'll probably still unfollow you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So I don't even use Instagram. That's how you posted it was 2015. <laughs> yeah, it's like Damn. 2017. Oh, yeah, like fuck social media. I'll yeah. be back on it one day. But yeah, that's mainly it, man. People just see me, and you know, you. <coughs> the more stuff that you show off that you can do, I think that that's kind of the YouTube game too. Like, um, the more stuff you show off, you can do. The more things that people know that you can do, mm-hmm. and you know, then they'll call you. But I mean, there there's still people in town that are the kind of oh, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to say that nah. don't put anybody on blast <laughs> I'm gonna, man I'm stop there but yeah. the, let's, let's put it this way I, I've seen people get work that should not be getting work and then there's other people that are talking about you Chuck <laughs> god damn it how you going to call him out of his own yeah, pocket bro. bro come on man the disrespect nah. his name starts with the C <laughs> and with the S <laughs> has a podcast <laughs> I don't know man nah. I, I don't know it, 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 I completely get what you're saying about like you know, um, putting. A, do you think if you had a job, it would get in the way of you Absolutely. like freelancing? You think so? There's so many things that would. Would get you in the ever way of consider me, like, getting like a job and also freelancing, or do you think it's like it's too much? Well, it's not a need anymore. It seems like. Yeah, I think that if I was to get a job, it would need to be related 
to this. Like, mm. I don't think that I can do. It would have to be something in production. It couldn't be yeah. like an office job. It couldn't. And I'll say one thing. Are you saving money and making sure you're putting away money? No. You should. Bro. And that's something that I definitely need to talk to you guys about, about like investments and stuff. Like I buy Bitcoin right now, bro. I just right buy, now. I buy too much. <laughs> I buy too much key. shit and I don't save money. No, you, well, the thing is it's an ROI. So that's your investment and everything. Yeah. It's just, uh, and that's yeah, how I try. That's how I try to think of it. Like my one wheel. But I you're also, wheel, but, but you're also young though. Yeah. That's the thing. When you're young, it's smart to invest, but you also are able to take more risk. You know what I mean? Like having less saved up. What? Yeah. I just thought he was stupid 45 joke. What? <laughs> the thing when he's at 45 and he just laughed. You're like. You, yeah, you're young for Bro, 45. oh, oh. He's <laughs> at 42. Oh, no, he's at 45. For, did I? He's 45. Yeah. I forget. We're going to run the tape <laughs> yeah. back and check you now. My bad. All right. Anyway. What were you saying? I forgot what I was saying, to be honest. <laughs> just about, know, just just about being, being young and investing, you know. Uh, yeah, like, there's, <laughs> there's a bunch of different types of ways that you can invest. Uh, I mean, you could say that your camera gear is your own investment because yeah. you're, I mean... It's going to make me money. It's going to make you money. Yeah. Yeah, but at the end of the day, also, it's like, did you really need to upgrade to make... Like, like is that upgrade from your GH5 to the Black Magic? Is it going to bring you per- a percentage more back in so, income? So that's a, that's a great point, right? And actually, the night that I purchased this, like... And that's the thing about freelancers. You're always kind of waiting for, you know, you're always kind of waiting for the next check to come in, especially if you're not good at saving like I am. So... Like I bought this and then was like, I literally had, like, I woke up in the middle of the night and was like, should I have bought that? Like, should I have dropped those three G's or should I just like kept that in my bank and just, you know, felt good about like you yeah. know, paying next month's rent. Yeah. But you know, not to say that I'm broke, but like, it's definitely, you always think that when you're Keeps buying you on gear, your toes, yeah, you're man. always, you're always thinking that when you're buying gear, you're like, Oh, what could this go towards? It's gonna, or, it, hopefully it gets worse for you. Like as you go, where it's like, now it's like not. Oh shit! I just spent three hundred or three thousand. Am I gonna, you know, struggle for money next next time? It's gonna be like you have five thousand, six thousand saved up, yeah. And then you spend three hundred, and you're like, oh, should I have spent that three hundred? Yeah. Like that's where you want to be. You want to yeah. be at the point where it hurts you to spend money. That's yeah. the mentality. You know what I mean? Because then you can really justify your expenses. Like I'm still getting better at it. When I, every time I want to make an impulse buy of like eight hundred, nine hundred dollars, like Chuck's like, no, yeah. don't don't do it. You don't need it. Well, my buddy you made know? a really good point. Uh, you know, if you can't buy it twice, don't buy it. Oh, yeah. so like I thought about that and I was like, I can't buy the S18 <coughs> twice right now, but I could buy this twice yeah. right now. So oh, somebody baller. is at the door. Do you invite somebody? Bro, I'm is scared. That, is, is, that, is that your brother? We got somebody at the door, people. Chris, if it's you, just come on in. It's Chris, bro. Yeah, is it? We better hope it's Chris because I don't have my gun on me, Keem. Sorry, guys. That'd be a crazy ass podcast episode. <laughs> that somebody would be a, somebody just house. comes in and murders us. No, they wouldn't murder us. We'd beat the shit out of them. Yeah. Nah, it's probably your brother. You can't have that dying, dying mentality. Aw, oh, dude, what the hell? Did your best friend ruin the party? My best friend? What? How did you know it was at Chuck's house? Lucky guess. No, she actually All was right. tracking you on oh, your phone. Oh, be, you've been texting me. Oops. My bad. I didn't see your text. I have my phone on silent. No, you're good. You're in the but. background now, Felicia. Way to go. Well, I think we're Hi, Felicia. End, but Yeah, we're kind, of, we're kind of wrapping it up, I but think. But yeah, man. Yeah. But uh, where were we at? What was our, what is, what's, what's what we were what, talking about? Before? Last we thought we were gonna get murdered. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh damn, <laughs> the knocking was scary. It was like, dick, dick, dick. Oh yeah, we're, like, we're talking about budgeting and uh and saving and yeah. making sure that you don't overspend. And if you're gonna buy something, make sure you can buy it twice. And right? I guess I guess for people who are listening who want to like know why I say this or why we're saying this is just don't put all your eggs in one basket. 
I know this is kind of like really out there, but what if you did go blind? Yeah. You do camera work no more. But if yeah. you were learning I mean, you directing, if you're learning <laughs> writing, if you're learning music, if you're learning, yeah. if you wanted to keep it in the creative realm, yeah. you can still be doing other things and figuring those out. Because you can still write. Yeah. You're and like right. I, like I said, man, there's like I love this industry. Like I've had a lot of people ask me, like, oh, well, what do you want to do? Endgame. You know, I'm like, well, I, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, directing would be cool. Like, DPing would be cool. But you know, I really what about love just doing what you're doing now? Exactly. Like, you know? like right now. Why does it have to get? Why does it have? To, why do you have to go to the next level? Like, just being involved in the production world and yeah. keeping it different every single time. Sometimes you're a camera operator. Sometimes you're an editor. Maybe sometimes you're just you Bro, know. One day you might be like, I want to go. Be a musician. Yeah. And like, dude, yeah. And that's life. what I tell people all the time. Like, not, not that I don't feel absolutely blessed and incredibly lucky to have literally fallen into the thing that I feel like I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. It's yeah. like such a young age. If so it, it's good. If it isn't the thing that I want to do for the rest of my life, like, or I come to a time when, you know, I, that thought process crosses my mind, you know, like, yeah. that's okay. Because I'll, I, you know, I'll just translate whatever I'm doing now into that, you know, like I, I really love guns. Like I, I would totally love to be a firearms instructor or just get deeper into the firearms mm-hmm. culture and, you know, maybe just you know. buy a cabin so in the woods. Do, <laughs> do you want to do you an action up? movie one day? Oh dude. Yeah, absolutely. I've, uh, I've got this artist, uh, right now that we're talking to about a music video, hopefully for next month. We're just trying to get the budget and logistics so figured out. Uh, no, he's kind of like, <laughs> use all your guns. He's kind of like, uh, he's, he's kind of like trapper. G easy, G type guy. Like, oh, really slick back, oh, so really he is like, a good looking rapper. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's kind of just like a basic, you know, story like damsel in distress kind of guy comes to help her out. But, mm-hmm. um, I kind of want to get, you know, I want to get my buddy Galvin on that. He's a fantastic DP. And like, that's another thing. Like, Work with people who can do your job and or jobs that you want to do way better, mm-hmm. you know, because that's why I work you, with Keem. Yeah, because yeah. you just learn, you know, like that's why I, that's why I try to surround myself with the best people in town is because I want to be learning, you know, the best tools, the best mm-hmm. tricks, the best, you know, you know, it's a, it's all it's a constant growth curve. Yeah. yeah. You're never going to stop learning. 100%. Well, thank Especially you for joining us on the podcast, brother. Of course, brother. dude. Thank you guys. Thank you next time we'll Tyler. talk about depression and all that. <laughs> I yeah. got depression. We'll, we'll slide away I from the depression. camera rigs <laughs> yeah. and uh, we'll, we'll have some real talk. We're going to put all your information in the description down below for people to check you out. Sweet. Uh, thank you for joining us. And anybody who's tuning in, make sure you watch the video on YouTube because that's where you know we get our analytics and all that good stuff from. Go check it out. Yeah. Peace. Love y'all. Every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen. In the goddamn refrigerator. I sure am hungry. That wraps up episode 83 of the Morning Dinner Podcast. If you guys are still watching and still sticking around, thank you. And don't leave yet because if you haven't yet, don't forget to subscribe. And then uh, like, and com- like and comment. And like. And uh, yeah, guys, that was a dope episode, man. I really enjoyed my time here with Tyler and uh, we learned a lot of stuff. As always. As always. We'll catch you guys on the next Morning Dinner. Love y'all.